Hello and welcome to Stolen Droids Presents. This week we have a very special guest for you, uh, star of Big Screen, Little Screen, uh, the host of many G4 programs, and the star of uh, Two Video with Love, or... Yeah, I totally screwed that up already, but <laughs> without further ado, we have Kristen Nedipak. Kristen, thank Hi. you for joining us. Hi, guys. Hi. We are very excited to have you on the show. Um, so, for those of you who um, may know you, um, I actually came across your work in To Lydia With Love, which I'd like to talk about in a, in a few moments here, but why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself, you know, where... Where'd you kind of come from? How'd you get into this whole internet fan celebrity thing? And <laughs> I know. What do you call it, right? What do you call it? Um, it yeah, somebody called me an internet celebrity the other day, and I said, what, is, what does that mean? I have no idea what that means. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in western New York in a very, very, very small town called Salamanca where, um, you know, I was an art major, and I went to school for art and acting. So um, I've kind of been a creative person my whole life. And probably about 10 years ago, I started getting into, I was doing a little bit of theater, and I started getting into film as an actress, of course. So I did that for a little while. But, you know, I've always been a geek. I've always loved things like costumes and swords and that sort of thing. And my goal was always, I wanted to be Lucy Lawless. I wanted to be Xena Warrior Princess. And the more and more I started working in this industry as an actress, the more I realized, okay, that's not that's not necessarily a possibility. You know, nowadays they're shooting a lot of those shows movies in New Zealand or in Australia or whatever, you know, Europe. And there's not a lot of that stuff going on in America. And then to be one of these, you know, huge stars in these television shows or movies, it just takes forever and you really have to, you know, be in the right place at the right time. You know, these people aren't necessarily geeks. So a few years ago, I started hosting. And part of being a host is that you have to have a brand. You have to take what you're passionate about and turn it into your business. And I thought about it, and I said, okay, well, I'm really passionate about filmmaking, and I'm a huge geek. So I'm going to start talking about geeky films and TV shows. And I started working with, with Think Hero TV. I do um, you know, weekly hosting sessions with them. We cover Spartacus, Game of Thrones, Vampire Diaries, you know, all sorts of things. And then I, but I was still, as an actress, not really booking the same work that I wanted to. You know, I would go out for commercials as like a mom role, or I would go out for a cop show. And so in that respect, I decided to start creating my own work because I wanted to be in these action movies. You know, I wanted to make the action movies, but I wanted to be in the action movies. I wanted to be chick with swords. And so that's kind of where... I started, uh, I started a little blog called outofthisworld.com, and, and I started posting blog posts about these sort of things. And I found that I was always covering other people's stuff. And then I started you know, doing little videos about Comic-Con and Fairy Worlds and all these geeky places. And those were sort of a little bit more of a reality realm, I guess you would call it, docu-reality. And so finally... I decided to take my love of filmmaking, you know, I've always loved comedy, and I was doing these little mini videos and mini short films, and I decided to turn that into sort of my geeky obsession. And that's kind of where Skyrim came from, is I finally took everything that I love and put it all into one. And obviously it's based on my experience with the video game, because obviously that's me and Lydia, and that's exactly how it all went down. But um, I guess... <laughs> You know, I love the hater. That's the big thing. But the parodies are, they're sort of my finally coming together in my career and saying, okay, you know, I am an actress, but I'm a filmmaker, and I'm a director, and I'm a writer, and I make costumes, and I love swords, and I love visuals and special effects. And I finally, finally, finally put that all into one little package. And so I hope to do, you know, I hope to do more things after that. You know, I have to say, you might sell those roles short, but I absolutely loved you in the Swiffer commercial. Did you? Was it me or the mariachi band? You know, I have to admit, the mariachi was pretty good, too, singing Baby, Baby Come Back, but I think you really sold how much, how awesome Swiffers are. It, it made me want to buy a Swiffer. Funny. <laughs> so, would, would you say, was that, would you say that was a big break for you, getting that commercial? I mean, that was a, that was like, huge nationwide ad campaign do do people recognize you from that or yeah 
it's crazy because you know you can do you can do tons of stuff online. Look at Felicia Day; she's huge, but she's not a household name. You know, like my mom has no idea who Felicia Day is. So to have something that's national, I mean, it was it was great because it was right about the time where Facebook was getting really big and Twitter just started, and I had all these people that I that I knew growing up contacting me. They're like, "Oh my God, I just saw you on TV." You know, so so the money was really good because it was a national commercial, so that was pretty awesome. But yeah, it wasn't um, it wasn't necessarily a break that made a difference in what I'm doing, but it definitely helped me connect with a lot of people that I used to know through social media sites like Facebook. I didn't really have a lot of fans per se, kind of recognize me and and point. You know, who really goes into commercials and finds out who those people are, right? You know, they usually do that for movies and TV. But um, it was a really great experience for, for, like I said, people that I used to know to kind of come back and say, hey, I saw you in something. Like, you're famous. It was like, <laughs> be like a frumpy mom. No worries. You know, I showed up on set and they were like, here's your outfit. It, you look frumpy. And, oh, by the way, you're not going to have any makeup. And I just looked so horrible. But, you know, I, I was kind of mad that that was my, <laughs> my first huge commercial and I looked like a mom. <laughs> I, I, I actually have had... Uh... I don't know if the other droids know this. I have actually had my own little gig like that. I was supposed to be in a training video. I had an entire scene, and I show up on set, and they said, well, we've actually decided to turn this into a PowerPoint slideshow. We now only need two pictures of you. You need to look interested, and we need you to look concerned. Oh my gosh. That's, that, that's, that's the acting industry. You know, you're doing, it looks like, you know, you're on TV and all these people are doing amazing things, but really that's a lot of what you do is you do infomercials, you do really silly stuff that you don't really want anybody to see, but um, yeah, those are, that's the commercial world for you. <laughs> now, have you done infomercials? Oh, I've done a lot of infomercials. I'm a host, so I've done a lot of infomercials. And, um, oh, my God, I'm going to send you guys the best infomercial right now. So my my funniest job ever, and I hope that they – let me see if I can find it. Oh, God, this is, like, the best thing on earth. (laughs) This is so embarrassing, but I I love embarrassing myself, right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? You guys are going to die. So my – you know, I've been doing hosting, and obviously now I'm very particular about the type of hosting that I do. But when you first start, you're like, hey, I'll take anything. You know, I need money, and I need people to see this. So one of the things that I got booked for was this infomercial series about sex toys. Here's me. And then they were like, oh, not only are you going to be the host, but we want you to be this doctor-like character. You're going to be this sex toy expert. So I have all this dialogue. There was another girl that actually ended up booking it. It was between me and her, and she ended up getting it, and then she ended up not being able to do it. So they give me, like, 20 pages of dialogues talking about and, like, and all of this stuff and then they wanted me they're like but this is for rural America so we don't you know it can't be all sexy you need to be you know you need to sound like a scientist talking about this (laughs) oh this is epic I'm going to send this to you guys so if you know I'm sure you guys later are going to see this this is it's called Romance Shopping Network and I don't know if there are any videos here. I'll have to find them for you guys. Oh, yeah, there's one video here. And basically, it's me talking about, um, and it's pretty, uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to come back to haunt me, but I just think it's really funny. And, it, and you know, they, they had really great intentions, and they wanted it to be a really cool, you know, hip show. But it just cracks me up that, you know. I'm going to have to explain this one to the wife before yeah. I hit play. Uh, I'm thinking I am too. But that that is a very lovely um, pink cardigan. Is <laughs> Kind of a little bit different from the chain mail and whatnot that we're accustomed to well, here's seeing you in. Example of when you know it's a very commercial field where where you don't really have the choice when you're an actor you don't have the choice of what role you're playing and so oh, they yeah. want to be you know the perfect for rural America and so they're like okay you're going to be wearing a little white button down shirt and a and a pink cardigan and the funniest thing is they were like we want a little cleavage but not a lot just enough but not a lot so, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well I yeah I think you've kind of hit on all fronts exactly why you wanted to work for yourself I, I gotta ask though I mean was there a lot of trepidation there were you kind of worried what would happen to the rest of your acting career when you decided to kind of you know I'm gonna produce for myself I'm gonna make my own shows now 
You know, not really, because I think I think this is what a lot of people don't do as actors is, you know, they go in it and they say, I need to be versatile. I need to be able to do anything. But what they don't do is they don't think about their own brand. They don't think about their personality and their brand and what it, what roles they're actually right for and what things they want to do. And so what I did was I said, you know, I'm a geek and I love swords and I love all of this fun stuff. And so by putting my own work out there and by putting myself in that work, I show people that I can do it. And then I actually end up booking more of that work. And Fight Class is a perfect example. I was really good friends with those guys. I had taken, uh, I had taken a few years of sword fighting with the Academy of Theatrical Combat, who are amazing, by the way. They're incredible movie sword masters. And they also train people to be stunt people and that sort of thing. And so it wasn't until they saw my geeky stuff that they said, oh, God, you know, we love Kristen. She's perfect. She knows how to fight with a sword. We have this great show idea, and we think she'd be a perfect host. So you see that work, by doing the work, it in turn got me more work, and it wasn't, you know, talking about dildos, talking about swords. <laughs> Which, you know, you can't do until you retire. You can't retire off those. Exactly. <laughs> well, um, I, I was actually going to ask you um, about fight class, but you just kind of kiboshed all that by telling us all about it so thank you for um short-circuiting me um <laughs> going back um to lydia with love just for a moment um so are, are you a big gamer then is that how you kind of i know you touched on this is all the things i love are, are you just like this huge gamer geek girl that sits yeah. at home and eats doritos and okay i do sit at home and eat doritos and i eat and I drink whiskey. I want to be very clear on that. That's why it's in the video because I I effing love whiskey. Like it, you know, probably drink more whiskey than I drink water. I know it's really sad. But, um, you have to get into character for Skyrim. <laughs> exactly. I <laughs> during the shoot. I just had it very shortly after. Um, and you know, uh, while I'm editing, I tend to drink. So uh, if things aren't funny, be like, she might have been drunk off of Maker's Mark. Um, no, I actually am not. You know, there's different types of geek, and I am not actually a huge gamer. I grew up playing video games. You know, I played Atari, and I had Nintendo, and you know, I love Mario Brothers, and my, my first favorite game ever was Zelda. You know, I remember getting Zelda, and and that was the type of game that I love to play because I love, like, role-playing and adventure, and I love talking to people. So I, I like playing the other games, but I – no, I'm sorry. Take that back. My first favorite game was Adventure on Atari because there were dragons and swords, right? I would say that I'm actually a bigger fantasy fan, and so I haven't really gotten into a lot of video games because I don't really like Grand Theft Auto or any of the stuff where you're shooting people, and I'm not really into that. But when Skyrim came out, I hadn't played a game since, like, Zelda on Nintendo 64. I haven't played a game in forever, you know. And maybe I had a few games on my PlayStation, but I really got my PlayStation to watch Hulu and Netflix and all of that. So when Skyrim came out, my friends were like, you know, you're huge into fantasy. You would love this game. And I was like, ah, I don't play video games. It's a time sucker, and I have no time. And then I ended up buying it, and, of course, it ended up sucking, like, hundreds of hours of my time. But I found that, you know, I don't do anything in moderation. So when I got the game, I just played it nonstop for months. And that's kind of where this whole video game experience came from, is it's really, it's me as a filmmaker talking about the story of myself playing the game and my relationship with Lydia because she was always there. I was always yelling at her. I was throwing things at my TV. You know, I hated her guts, but I couldn't let her go because she was awesome. And so I had this like crazy relationship with this character and it was over Christmas last year that I was at my aunt's house and I was like you know what I really want to make like it's been a really long time since I made a film I've been doing all these hosted series and they're great and all but I really haven't told stories and I thought of this skit that you know like well I know my girlfriend looks exactly like Lydia Lauren she's one of my good friends and she's amazing and so I thought, you know, I could do this. I could I could borrow my friend's green screen and, and a bunch of equipment, and I could, you know, borrow my friend and video this, and I could do it in my living room, which is exactly what I ended up doing. And then it just kind of got really popular, and it sort of spawned in me what it is that I love to do, again, which is telling stories, and it's in a very, very, very geeky way. 
So, um, yeah, I just ended up doing more because it was so much fun. Well, I, oh, go ahead, Zook. I was just going to say that that always has to be the interesting request from a friend. Hey, I need you to uh, dress in this costume I made to look like a video game character and just kind of rock back and forth on screen and then scream at an imaginary dragon. You must have really loyal friends. I, yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> for, the, for the next set of parodies, I actually end up, you know, funding it, paying everybody as much as I could. So that was a different request. You know, they were they had seen the first one, and so everybody was like, "Oh my god, I'm in it! You want me to be in this?" Holy! Shit. But um, for Lydia, you know, Lauren is she's a comedian. She's such a great actress. She's so funny, and of course, she looks like Lydia. So she just came over and she had fun. It was myself. I had my friend Dennis, who it, he owns Think Hero, um, so he came over and he did the the DP work, and then my boyfriend just sat there and helped direct me because I, I was on camera and I told him exactly what I wanted. So he kind of just like, yeah, do it more like this, do it more like this. But Lauren just came in and she's like, all right, what do you want me to wear? I'm game for anything, and that's what I love about her the most. She is down for anything, and you know, ridiculous as it sounds, if you ask her to do it, she'll do it. Okay, not anything, but you know. <laughs> we're not that kind of show, so we're okay. <laughs> yeah, we, we are family friendly, so we, we understand what you're talking about here. So, um, now, congratulations on your Dragon Con nominations for, for To Lydia With Love. Um, what, what were your thoughts when you found out, hey, you know, this is being recognized as, as pure awesome by this amazing community uh, how, you know what kind of went through your head when when that came out well you know like i said there there are series and then i made them you know i sort of submitted them sneakily as short films but i actually submitted them to a few different festivals you know one was like a women's festival one was i think shriek fest and you know they're weird categories so a few of them didn't get in and so you know not only do you get like the Yay, it got in one, but you also get, oh, okay, to get in the three other ones that I paid for sort of thing. But I have to say, uh, Dragon Con is my favorite convention. I love it. I will never miss a Dragon Con. It's my favorite place on earth. All of my good friends are there that I know on the East Coast. And, you know, so, so for it to be in that particular film festival was such an honor for me because I love that. I love Dragon Con. And, you know, it was so great because they actually ended up asking me to be on a panel about making fan films and I was the only girl so of course I showed up in my Skyrim gear and like nobody else was dressed up you know so I look like a tart and I saw a video by the way I'm gonna post the video of the panel soon but um, that whole experience of, of not only being recognized for awesome but also being able to meet other independent filmmakers that were geeks and they made these fan films about Batman and Spider-Man it was just super cool to be in that world. And um, I'm very lucky that I live in that world in Los Angeles, you know, and I know a lot more female filmmakers actually here, which is kind of crazy. But I'm constantly surrounded by people that are making work. And so it was just really cool to, to have a giant film festival and my favorite convention sort of give me a check mark and say, you know what, you're cool enough to be in here. And, um, and it, it screened really well and everybody laughed. So that's the first time I've actually seen my Skyrim parodies in public with people that I didn't know that were watching it. And everybody thought it was funny. So that was, that was the biggest thing. I'm like, if I show up and nobody laughs, then I'm going to go home and cry. <laughs> well, 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 think nothing. They are quite funny. Um, you'd kind of, and I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent. We're really awesome interviewers, by the way, if you couldn't tell. We're totally practiced at this. <laughs> but um, you mentioned kind of, you know, you're, you're in a great community, you're in a great area, a lot of strong female filmmakers or whatnot. But, however, you, you also kind of strike into a different demographic as well because you kind of um, appeal to the geek subculture, as it were. And I, I don't know if technically we can be considered a culture yet, but you are, you know, for lack of uh, a better way of saying it, you are an attractive woman. Thank you. I, I think we can all agree on that here. Um, do you find, I know as, as recent as only a couple years ago, people were saying, well, if you're an attractive woman, you're not a geek. Mm-hmm. Or if, you, you know, you're just an actress who's acting like a geek because, well, let's face it, we're all closet neck-bearded shut-ins who love redheads. <laughs> Yay! That's why my hair's red. <laughs> I'm 
play into her strengths. But you know, do you, do you find you you run into those walls still, or I mean, you're not just a host, you're not just an actress, you're very multifaceted. But do you still hit those those limitations or those stigmas? You know, not really. And I actually get asked this question a lot, um, and I love this question because I think it's a perfect opportunity to give ode to my community because. You know, I'm not working in television and film right now, so I can't say that I'm not going to eventually hit those walls because, you know, it is it is a still a little bit of a boys' club. But in the web community, you know, a lot of us are doing work in web because it's easier to get out there and that sort of thing. I've honestly found that people are so much more open, and it is equal. You know, it's like whatever it is that you want to do, we totally accept you because a lot of times... I think if you're an if you're an actress or just a host, you kind of feel like you have to prove yourself more because you're not the one creating the content. But when you are the person that's producing it, writing it, directing it, editing it, putting it out there, I think you get a lot more respect immediately because you can't really do all that without being a geek. You know, I can never make Skyrim if this wasn't my personal story to tell. I can never make these costumes if I wasn't like totally into making fake armor with duct tape and paint. You know what I mean? So um, I think I really haven't gotten a lot of pushback from my community, and I think they've been really, really great. What I do get a lot of, you know, crappy comments are the people on YouTube. You know, the peop- the trolls, they're out there, and, and we just ignore them. I mean, you know, how many times I have to hear, like, get back in the kitchen? Like, okay, didn't you see that guy's comment, like, five comments ago? Here to beat you to that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't think those count as people. They don't count as people. But there have been times where I've hosted a show, like I used to host the Wheel of Time News, and it's my favorite book series ever in my favorite fantasy book series. So I was producing the content, and I was standing there talking. And I had a lot of people, unfortunately, because I know a lot of the people that are in that community, but these are just fans, that would comment about, oh, they just hired this girl. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And I'm like, didn't you look at the credits? I actually produced the show, so shut up. <laughs> but... um. You know, that that's the only time is when people don't know that you've actually created it, then they might give you crap. But I really haven't gotten a lot of crap, um, you know, and, and a lot with, with there, like I said, there's so many female people in L.A. in the geek community that are creating work that it's kind of the new, you know, it's the new thing. It's like, get over it. <laughs> if you have any issues, you better not say anything because a lot of people are going to hate you. So you're, you're, a, you're a pioneer. Yeah. You're you're forging the path for geek girls to come <laughs> come after you. So um, now you you kind of mentioned how you do all this. I mean, obviously you're very talented. Um, what is your favorite part of the creative process? I mean, you've got acting, you've got writing, producing. You know, the costume design. What what is it that really you know you wake up in the morning and think, man, I can't wait to get to that. The story. The story is 100,000% it for me, you know, and I won't, I won't make something unless I have a story. I don't know, someday I'm going to be hired to do a show and I'm going to be like, crap, I need a whole team of writers to come up with something. But um, all of my stuff stems from my stories and that's what everything is based on. So, you know, sitting down and actually writing a script is probably one of my favorite things to do and once it's done and I'm editing the script that's probably my I mean editing isn't the best job in the world but that's probably one of my second favorite things because I have gone from sitting at my computer writing where nobody else is around you know I print out a piece of paper to casting the actors to doing the shot list to figuring out exactly how we're going to shoot it to hiring everybody on set to making the costumes to doing all this stuff and then once I'm editing it in the end, it's like, wow, I got to see that entire process come together, and I have the story that I started out with. And it came together, and it's so awesome to see it in visual form. So um, that, and then probably my, my second huge favorite thing is making the costumes. I'm a huge cosplay person, obviously. If you stalk me, you know that. Um, so I... <laughs> I really enjoy it. I stay up very late at night, especially for Skyrim. I sit here and you know, made all the Forsworn costumes and all of their weapons, and I spent a long time on all of that stuff. And I just sit here at night and I blast butt rock, you know, and play like the, the great white Kiss radio station on Pandora. 
And um, I got my glue and like my hammer and nails and I'm just making sheep and um and I really, really like hands on making things. So those are two of my favorite aspects, I think. Now with with the uh, costume design, the cosplay stuff, is that something that just comes naturally to you or did you like, you know, sit with your mom at the sewing machine growing up and you know, how how did you how did you get into that? You know, I gotta be honest. I have no idea. Uh, well, my mom, my mom is amazing. By the way, my parents are geeks. Like my mom is a huge fantasy sci-fi fan and a book reader. I mean, she's amazing. Um, she's an artist. And then my dad loves like BBC, which is awesome. He loves Doctor Who. Very weird mix. But um, my he, mom. He just got a plus one from us, by the way. <laughs> plus one. You know, if it weren't for my parents, I never would have been, grew up watching Star Wars. You know, it weren't for like my million um, geeky male cousins, I never would have grew up with all of this. So I have to give props to my parents because they're the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I watched the shows that I had watched growing up. So you know, if you're gonna give props to anybody, it's gonna be mom and dad, little pack. Um. But uh, with cosplay, you know, my mom, when I was really young, she gave me a sewing machine and she taught me how to sew. And I don't think when I was younger, I really didn't sew a lot of things. But it was interesting because I found when I went to college, you know, I was an illustration major. And a lot of times what we ended up having to do was I was a very photorealistic painter. And so they had you take pictures, you know, they, they wanted you to create a story, illustration is, you know, it's like pictorial story. They wanted you to create the, you know, take a bunch of pictures and then you were going to paint from the photos that you took, get them printed out and paint. Well, what I found myself doing was, you know, I always wanted these like elaborate paintings. I wanted like this woman in like this gorgeous gown. And so I started going to the thrift store and I started finding like really funky outfits and they were very much like costumes. And over time, I found, wow, this is something that I'm really into, you know, and then I started dressing up for Halloween, and then I started making stuff for Halloween, and then I started working with theater companies as an actress, and I would also help them just piece together different outfits for a costume. And so it's just something that I ended up falling in love with, and probably not until uh, maybe like five years ago did I really start making like elaborate costumes, you know, and one of them was, if you saw my website, I made dragon wings. I was like, I love dragons. I'm going to make dragon wings. I can't say the rest of the costume was amazing, except for maybe the scales, but, um, then I just started making more elaborate things and I started going to conventions and I started realizing, dude, people actually dress like this on other days than just Halloween. (laughs) This is awesome. So, that's kind of how I fell in love with it. And, and I think it does come natural to me. And don't ask me why. I have no idea. It's just part of that, that love of crafting and making things. You know, I love making things with my hands. So that's just something. And then I get to wear it afterwards. So, um, you know, that's, that's just the awesome part about it. I get to wear it and showcase it all. Now, when she says makes things, we're not talking like little, well, some of them are little, but uh, we're not talking dinky things. We're talking quality. Uh, Zahner actually sent me, or told me about the picture. He's like, now, you might remember her. She's the one who's dressed as Jessica Rabbit. Steampunk Jessica Rabbit. This one. <laughs> I was like, that, that was her? I'm like, I couldn't believe it. I have that Nerf gun, or had. But we're talking some quality stuff here. Thank you. So very high production value. I'm quite impressed. All about high production value, obviously. I was like, if you're going to do it, you know, you got to be, I'm not saying up close, you don't definitely see flaws, which is, you know, I don't sell a lot of things because I don't necessarily take as much time as I need to, but in photos, they look really good. You know, I know how to make things look really good on camera. Now, as far as, as your Jessica Rabbit um, cosplay piece went, uh, how did you, come up with the idea to combine steampunk with Jessica Rabbit. I mean, that you know, that kind of seems a little out there in my mind, but I, I'm not very creative, so... <laughs> uh, you know, how, how, did, how did those two worlds merge in your mind? Well, I've always wanted to do steampunk, and I, my original idea was a steampunk Princess Leia. And so I was talking to my girlfriends, and, and one of them was like, you know, there's just a lot of steampunk this year with Star Wars, and a lot of other people do it. And I thought, yeah, I generally don't like to do the same costume that a lot of other people are going to do. And then um, one of my friends, Ashley, 
she she came her and I were kind of talking on Twitter one day and we were talking about yeah you know we we're in this magazine we're going to be in um Cup, Cupcake Quarterly and they did a it's a pinup magazine and they did a whole issue called Freaks and Geeks and it's coming out very soon and it's a whole bunch of the girls in the geek community dressed as geeks in pinup style. So I was like a pinup pirate. And then I have like, you know, a little garter belt and my little gamer, you know, control and, you know, Star Wars, that sort of thing. Well, we had so much fun doing it that my friend Ashley and I were talking about this. And she said, you know, we should do a steampunk magazine. I think that would be really fun. And her idea was to do steampunk Disney princesses. And then we expanded it to like, oh, well, maybe we'll do everything Disney and Pixar. We'll, we'll kind of get into these characters. And, you know, I wanted to do Ariel, the uh, the mermaid. And I thought, you know what? I kind of don't have any money right now. And I don't have, you know, I can't like make this huge, crazy costume. But I have this Jessica Rabbit costume. You know, I already had the red dress and the purple gloves. And that's it. And I thought that would be really cool to steampunk out. And we never ended up doing it because, you know, we're still waiting for the other magazine to come out. But then when Dragon Con came around, again, I was like, I really want to wear an awesome costume, but I have no money. So my goal is to take, I can only use everything that I have in my house. And I'm going to do, I'm going to take everything that I already own and I'm going to turn that into a costume. And so that's kind of how it came about. The only thing that I did have to buy, obviously, was the Nerf gun because I didn't own that Nerf gun. That was only like, you know, what, $10 or something like that on Amazon. So that's kind of how the idea came about. It was an idea that we had before, and then, you know, due to lack of money, I kind of had to use what I had. And I thought it ended up coming out really well. <laughs> that. Yeah, it, it it does look very amazing. It's it's. Pretty cool, actually. I think if you ever need a, a Roger Rabbit to go with that, just let me know. Down boy. Um, <laughs> um, I said, crap, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> well, now, and I'm sitting here trying to madly Google um, the pinup one. That's a dangerous phrase to, to Google, by the way. You don't want to do that at work. I'm going to find it for you. <laughs> now, uh, speaking of some different modeling work you did, you actually, I mean, it's a little bit late to try and find it in September. If you can still find it, it's great. But you were in the uh, the Geek Girls calendar, the Girls of Geek? Girls of Geek uh, 2012 calendar, yes. And at the end of this year, I can actually post those photos, but I'm not allowed to, you know, until. Um, but, yeah, I, I did, like, a little little bit of a steampunk thing. I was supposed to be, I had a steampunk fairy outfit, but it's really not that steampunky. It's, it's a little bit of an epic fail on my part. I did it um, because what happened was they contacted me to be in the calendar and they were like, send us photos ASAP. And I thought this big time crunch. So I just grabbed anything that I had and I threw it on and I'm like, cool, this is kind of steampunk. But um, yeah, so that's in the calendar right now. And I have a copy, but I will definitely be posting photos on my website. Um, maybe soon. I think it's pretty safe to say that it's <laughs> safe to put it on my site. But yeah. Um, not really a model, more of a geek that was totally into cosplay. Well, thankfully, uh, in the geek culture, those two usually go together. I know. I love it. I love it. I love wearing costumes and funky stuff. I think you kind of touched on why it's important, though, for the production thing. It's like, as we said, you are very attractive. However, there's kind of a difference between, well, who are you? Well, I'm a character from a video game, and you're wearing a trash bag that you spray painted. Yeah. That Then you're kind of... People look at you funny and like shy their kids away from you. Versus, you can't help but notice your outfits and say, "No, no, she is, she's into this." You can tell. There's a lot of heart. There's a lot of love. We try. We try. Well, I'm like I said, I'm really huge with production quality, and so I'm just one of those people that I'm not going to do anything unless I do it really, really, really awesome. And this is why I don't play golf. I suck at it. <laughs> me on the golf course. But, um, you know, I stick with the things that I'm really good at. And and so, you know, that's just all part of my work is, is I'm very big into production quality. So I do put a lot of time into it. Well, you you had mentioned uh, a few minutes ago um, that, you know, you got your parents got you watching Star Wars, which kind of leads me into the next thing that uh, I, I know you've been working on. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Jedi Camp? Yes, well, I am just an actress in Jedi Camp, actually. I don't really have anything to do with the production uh, for once. <laughs> it's kind of nice to just show up on set sometimes. Um, but, you know, Bill Ostrom, a friend of mine, he wrote and directed Jedi Camp. And it's just, 
kind of, he wanted to do a fan film for the Lucasfilm uh, festival, you know, the, the Star Wars fan film festival. So I know that's why he ended up making this web series because he loves Star Wars. But also his message was, you know, he's very, very against bullying. And so there's a whole anti-bullying movement going on, especially with the story about, you know, Katie, the girl, uh, the young girl that was a big Star Wars fan and how she got harassed. So this oh, yeah. of his way, you know, the director's way of putting together a series that talked about bullying. And so if you watch the episodes, you know, it's about this kid that goes into camp and he gets bullied. And, you know, he sort of uses the force to, to sort of strike back. And it's, you know, it's fun and it's a comedy. But that's basically the gist of it. And then, um, like I said, you know, Bill's a good friend of mine. And so he cast me as a yoga instructor. So I only have a very small cameo part. But uh, it was so fun, and I love—I freaking love kids, and I love kid actors because they're, like, way more adult than any adult. <laughs> it's really funny. When you go on set with kids, they're the only people acting like adults. It's awesome. And they were so cute, and they were so good, and they, they knew – I know yoga, but they knew more yoga than me. It was really weird because they had gotten trained by the actual yoga instructor ahead of time, and then I just showed up on set and pretended like I was training them. But um, the kids were so cute, and so I think it's on, I'm in episode two, and I think that that's the latest one that they just put out, and I think you can see it on JediCamp.com, or at least on YouTube. So, yeah, it was just a really, you know, just a one-day, really fun little project. Cool. Yeah, I, I think that the anti-bullying message in it is, I, it, it's important, like you said. Now, as far as yoga goes, do you do yoga? Because I, I personally think it's of the devil. Uh, I do. do I'm not a yogi. I don't do it like, you know, every single day. I actually love running. That's what I do every single day. But I do do yoga. I mean, you kind of have to. When you're in L.A., you just kind of have to work out. I was about to say, isn't that, they'd kind of kick you out of the city if you weren't fit, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still people like I love the web world because you kind of can still look normal. But I mean, if you if you get into movies, you're talking about like size zero women, you know, it's kind of gross, but um, that they're tiny. And, you know, it's just the way that this industry is. But luckily in our little world, we can be good looking. We don't have to be like scrawny. But, um, you know, we try to work out. Scrawny's just nasty. Some of these people in person, I'm like, eat a cheeseburger! <laughs> no, uh, we're, I'm going to backtrack here. I, I'm sorry if Zahner was going with one. You mentioned very briefly, um, towards the beginning of the interview, and I wanted to kind of go back and revisit it here, Fight Class, the series. Hey, I love that series. I love the concept behind this. I love the premise of it. I'm, I'm going to let you set it up, though, because... All right. Fight Class is about we we recreate epic fight scenes from film and television shows, very popular film and television shows. So we did so far Princess Bride, Game of Thrones, Army of Darkness, and Hook. And the reason we actually did the ones that we did are because our movie Swordmasters that teach me the moves on camera. So they, they basically, you know, they, they relearn the choreography and then they teach me on camera and then I do a little fight, you know, that I just learned that I usually do literally learn on camera. But the reason that we do the, the fights that we do is because those movie Swordmasters actually did choreograph those fights for those movies. So they did The Princess Bride, Hook, and Army of Darkness and a bunch of other movies like Master and Commander and whatnot. So we're sort of promoting them as well. But um, it's so much fun. I mean, that's one of those shows where I produce it and I help write it. But once I'm on set, I do nothing else. I don't have to direct it. I don't have to hold the camera. And so it really allows me to have as much fun as you see me having. Um, but I love that series. And uh, if we had a bigger budget, we probably would do more. We actually have zero dollars <laughs> to do the budget. So we mostly do it for fun in their backyard. But um, I, I was actually just going to email them and be like, when's our next Fight Class episode? I love that show. It is such a cool concept. I, You know, you get the DVDs or the Blu-rays and you get the, to watch the special features. And this is how the special effects team did this. And this is this actor. And this is the MTV Movie Awards. And I don't care. It's like, show me how the actors learn to do that fight sequence. Exactly. And that and that's kind of, you know, my background is very, you know, I, I worked for Corporate America for a really long time and I still do freelance and I do a lot of like 
you know, documentation and web design, but more like instructional stuff. You know, I, I started in e-learning when it first came out. And so my mind is all about education. And so they teach fight class. And so they kind of wanted to combine, you know, something a little bit glamorous, like, hey, sword fighting, but then actually showing people how it was made. And like I said, it was, it was the Academy's idea, and we sort of morphed it from there. But I think all of us are very interested in, like, the behind the scenes. You know, I've always been interested in, like, how is this stuff made? Because I want to make it, and I want to see, you know, is it easy? Is it hard? Um, so I agree with you. I love that stuff. And that's sort of part of what we were trying to put together. And we actually have another version of it that is very celebrity-driven that we were trying to pitch as a show, but it just never kind of got off the ground. But we're still doing fight class. It's fun. Okay. Any any favorites so far of the different scenes you things or different scenes you filmed or different uh, moves that you've learned? Any favorites? You know, I think one of my favorite things was hook. So two parts of this. There was a two-parter, and um, in the first hook. It would just seem like a way cooler fight. You know, I just felt like I got to, like, spin and, like, kick the sword or kick the hook. I don't even remember what I kicked. I kicked something. I think I kicked the sword out of his hand. And it just felt like this really epic, cool, like, I don't know. It was probably one of the more complex little mini fights that I learned. But probably my favorite thing was getting to fight with Dante Bosco. I mean, I was like, holy shit, I'm fighting with Rufio right now. And Rufio gets to kill me. This is awesome. And so we had this little like fight scene and he got to kill me and I fell down on the ground. I'm like, Rufio, kill me. This is so cool. So that's <laughs> probably my favorite scene is, is the like working with Dante. He's so nice and sweet and fun. And that dude had not, not fought with a sword in like God knows how many years. And he still was amazing. That, that's how great their choreography is and their teaching is, is they had trained him to fight in Hook. So that's how they knew each other. And then he agreed to come in for one of our episodes, and he it was like he never stopped sword fighting. So that was really fun. It was so fun meeting him. Did you do the chant, the Rufio chant at the beginning? Yes, I think I did. I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. I think in the intro I did it. Didn't you watch that? I thought you were stalking me. <laughs> no, no, Zahner is the stalker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm much more tactful. I send I send Zoner to stalk people. I do. <laughs> I, I I do the dirty work. <laughs> I'm stuck. Yeah. <laughs> I really um I loved it. I just love to cover the shows that I love, like Game of Thrones. I was like, oh god, we're totally doing Game of Thrones. And then um I really wanted to do Spartacus, and I really wanted to do like a lightsaber fight from Star Wars. But you know, you get into like rights and all that, and then you know the really funny thing about all of this is. These guys, they teach sword fighting, and they're very, very good at it, but not a lot of shows and films do good choreography, and so there's some movies that people want us to do that the choreography is just really bad, and they don't know it. You know, it looks epic, like the guy jumping off with the sword in his hand, and it's kind of, like, cheesy, so it's always a trick to find a good combination of, ooh, we really like this show, and other people love this show, and it actually has a decent amount of good choreography. So that's a trick. That's what we struggle to find, is something that's really good. And a lot of the older movies actually have a lot better choreography than some of the new movies. So are we going to see you doing any Errol Flynn scenes coming up? Well, um... You mentioned the older movies had good ones. I mean, that's that's about as old as you can get when it comes to sword fighting, isn't it? I can't remember the name of the movie, but they did want to do something with Errol Flynn. And so that was one of the things we talked about. And I can't for the life of me remember the movie. They were like, you got to go find it. And I, it was so old that I couldn't even find it on DVD. You know, it was like, I don't have VHS player anymore. And that's the only thing I can find it on. But yeah, they, they really do want to start doing some of the older stuff. You know, we did more popular things so that people caught on fight class but um there's so many good fight scenes in the older movies that just aren't really there in you know newer action movies yeah it's, it's a lot about like car chasing and guns you know there's not a lot of swords but and cgi special effects crap yeah yeah, yeah sword, I, sword fighting is kind that. of a lost uh, lost art in hollywood i i'd have to say the last really good one i and this might be heresy i, I, I might have to back off here but was episode one star wars episode one that was the last really good sword-style fight I saw. Um, Game of Thrones actually had some really good sword fighting in it, I have to say. Uh, and the one that we did, at the, the fight at the Eyrie with Braun, um, that was really good. So they're probably the next newest 
cool. This was actually like a you know great swordmaster did that. They know him. Um, I completely spaced on his name, but but you know that guy was really good. But yeah, other than that, it seems to be a little on the cheesy side. <laughs> you know, they do, they want to make the shots look more epic, so they don't actually put time into the choreography, which is kind of sad. But yeah, like, or or they put choreography into hand to hand instead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or someone's just standing with there with a sword. And somebody asked us to do Kill Bill, and we watched it, and we're like, they don't actually sword fight. You know, they, they just stand there a long time and look at each other. You know, there's like one sword move, and you can barely see it. So we're like, yeah, we can't do Kill Bill. <laughs> that would be a perfect gag episode. It's like, okay, I've learned the entire Kill Bill uh, choreography. Good idea! Oh my it's God. 30 seconds long, and we just stare at each other the entire time. I'm writing it down, and I'm seeing it. And then I'm... <laughs> give you credit for it, even though it's clearly on record right now. <laughs> you, you can totally steal whatever we say. We don't care. I mean, it's it's not like anybody's going to know. Yeah, our, our listener base <laughs> of 20 won't notice. <laughs> so, now, you, you're obviously a huge Game of Thrones fan, yeah. and I, I, I've, I've heard rumors out there, well, seen video, of you getting to interview uh, George R. R. Martin. Yes, I did. He's so what cute. was that like for you? Oh my God! Well, he is just like well. For, it was a little. It was a little. Bit of, it was a little bit of a mess at the time because I had my friend there and she was co-hosting, and I remember being like, "Okay, we can't both interview him because he's going to be this dude standing in the middle of two chicks and like two people asking somebody questions at the same time." is a little messy because they don't know where to look, you know, that's why you usually have one interviewer. So when you watch the video, we tried our best, but that was very distracting. It's like you kept having to take, usually when you interview people, you have like a flow and you're really listening to what they're saying and you have to react and you have to kind of come up with your next question based on what they said. So that was very interesting because there was another person asking questions and we had to take turns. So you didn't always get to ask the question that you wanted. But really meeting George and talking to him, he is like the mo- he's like Santa. He's like the cutest guy ever. And he's so sweet and you can just tell that he loves what he does and he walked through the whole line of fans and said hi to everybody um so it was just a really cool experience you know and i have to say i love game of thrones but at the time i had only read the first book like i know i'm a huge fantasy fan but i hadn't read game of thrones until right before it came out so i didn't really know the entire story of like everything you know i was like i only read the first book so that was all that i knew um, so I felt my questions were a little bit limited at the time, but, um, and then, you know, we're obviously covering the show, so we want to talk a lot about the show, which we didn't really know about, but it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, I go to, like, a lot of writer panels and whatnot, you know, fantasy writer panels, so one of my other favorite writers right now is Brandon Sanderson, and he's part of the whole Wheel of Time community, and so I just think of these people as celebrities, you know, it's like, if I met Tom Cruise, and I met, like, Brandon and George, like, it's the same thing to me, you know, they're so, they're, <laughs> I mean, to me, it's even more so, because they're, like, these amazing storytellers, you know, I read their stuff, and, and that's what inspires me to create the work that I do, is these incredible stories, so it was pretty epic meeting him, but he is so adorable. He's so sweet. And I think he was a little, like, you know, thrown off that there were these two kind of, like, cute chicks talking to him, and he got, like, blushed a lot, so it was kind of funny. <laughs> I was about to say, who's really going to complain about being in the middle of that? <laughs> he, he was just like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. And see, now karma has repaid you, and now you're stuck in between us, so. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to deserve that? Uh, well, uh, speaking of some of your other shows that you enjoy, uh, I, I understand that you're a bit of a Vampire Diaries fan. I am. I love that show. Okay. I don't like Twilight. You know, I, I love Vamp. My mom, you know, we watched like Dark Knight and my mom had me reading Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is still to this day one of my favorite books. So I really like the old vampires, you know, Bela Lugosi, like the really old evil vampires you know i'm not gonna say that these guys aren't totally hot um but when the show came out you know i generally don't watch don't tell the cw this but generally don't watch stuff on the cw and i don't like twilight i mean that's just way too young for me i'm sure it's okay the cw knows (laughs) for younger people but i have to say you know what got me watching the show i know this is horrible but i had a huge crush on ian summerhalder and i saw him in the poster and i was like i'm watching this 
And I started watching it, and the first few episodes, I was like, okay, this is going to be cheesy, but I'm going to watch it anyway. And then all of a sudden, boom, it kicked in, and it turned into a really awesome show. And every single person that I told to watch the show said the same exact thing. And I'm talking dudes. Like, I have very manly guy friends that I said, you need to watch The Vampire Diaries. And I gave them the DVD. And about the third or fourth episode in, they were like, I hate you. I'm totally addicted. Okay, I just blew through season one, and now I'm watching season two. Because it's like this roller coaster ride of insanity. Like, people die. I mean, you're, you know... It's the same thing as George R. R. Martin. Like, they just kill people. Like, oh, you like that character? Sorry, dead. Um, it's very fast-paced. And they don't do a lot of, like, romance, which is why I think, like, Twilight, it's very teeny bopper because it's all about the romance. No, they straight up have sex. They kill people. It's violent. Like, it's it's totally violent. And so um, I think the writers do a really great job with the show, and so I'm kind of obsessed with it. And everybody's pretty, so it's not, you know, like a win-win situation there, right? The guys are kind of cute. And they're I, cute, too. They're cute, too. <laughs> I, I think you had me at violent. Um, I, I was about to say, you're making a really good case for me to start watching it. Yeah, you, I mean, it's it's going to be really hard for me to look at those commercials now and not think I need to put that on my TiVo. Just, just work out, you know, just work out an episode. And, and there's hot chicks, and they get violent. That's the cool thing is there's, like, really good female characters, and they rip it up and you're just like these female characters are amazing you know and they, and they do a lot of action scenes with them because you know a lot of them turn into vampires so um, I don't know I, I like it I mean you know it still is the CW it's not Game of Thrones but I think it's probably the best show I've ever seen on the CW by far by far 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 so, uh, so what are some of the other shows that you enjoy watching oh my god I love I love Spartacus. I know Stephen Denight, the creator. He's he's an amazing storyteller, and I absolutely love that show because um, I love action, you know, and blood. So that's just really fun for me. Um, Breaking Bad is epic. Uh, what like what am I watching right now? Homeland. I'm so excited for that to come back. That's one of those only shows that's not kind of geeky that I that I freaking love. Like I usually don't like cop stuff, but. That show is amazing. That show is excellent. So I, I, I I have to agree, and yeah, that's it's it. You're right. It's not a geeky show. Well, but no, no, it's no, so I, well done. We we have an in. Listen, you two, we have an in because we, uh, she we, Marina was uh, Inara in yeah. Firefly and Serenity, and she was uh, in Stargate SG One. There you go. Yeah. She was, you're right. You're so right. There's, the there's how it all ties into the geek, but the premise <laughs> of the show isn't geeky. Yeah. A lot of my friends were like, ooh, I heard she gets naked. I'm totally watching it. Or like, Anara gets naked. I'm watching the show. And then they're like, wait, this is a really good show. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. If you've seen Sons of Anarchy, that is another show. Breaking Bad and Sons of Anarchy are very dark. Obviously, very dark shows. But they're so good. Um, and then I love comedy. I love um, How I Met Your Mother. Like, come on. And, and How I Met Your Mother. I love uh, Modern Family. You know, those are some of the shows I watch. And then I do watch some reality shows. I'm not going to lie. So You Think You Can Dance is, like, it makes me cry. I, that's one of my, the, that's, like, the only reality show I watch. And I, I love it because I love dance. I just think it's, like, a beautiful art. So um, those people are professionals and they're so good. Makes me kind of cry, too, but for different reasons. <laughs> All right. But b- before we, uh, we start wrapping up, you know, you're doing another... Okay, rumor has it, and I don't know quite how the best way to word this is, you're doing more Lydia videos. And I know you mentioned to us in the pre-show that that's your most asked question. Uh-huh. I'm doing, well, we had the Indiegogo campaign, and so what I did was I, I did the campaign Kickstarter, whatever I call it, is Indiegogo. And so I had two more parodies funded. Uh, so there's two lady with love, and then I had two more parodies, and one of them, um, it's called Carrie These Brins. That's all I'm gonna say. That's the next one that's coming out, and it may or may not have more than one companion in it. Um, so that's the next one, and then I did like a big action scene. So while we were in the process of filming, I thought, God, it'd be a shame. You know, we have this green screen, paid for the studio, have all these people here. We should do more. So I actually threw in a few more smaller parodies that may or may not have Lydia in them. <clears throat> but there's two major ones that do have to do with Lydia. 
actually there's three there's three ones that have to do with Lydia, and then there's two more or two or three more little ones that uh, may potentially not have her in there. But they're Skyrim parodies, so they're definitely parodies of the game. And um, the reason why, probably the most asked question is, so there's six of them, and the the most asked question is, when are they going to come out next? And I'm actually working with a very large YouTube channel that I'm sure everybody is going to know who I'm talking about. Video games, you know. They're very, very interested in these parodies, but I have to get them done first because they want to release them on a weekly basis on their channel. And so we're still in the process of editing them and doing all the special effects, which, you know, it's like the Avengers movie wasn't made in a day. Special effects take a really long time, and we're rushing it as much as we can without, you know, making it too rushed. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's at least five, potentially six coming. And the only reason why we would have to do less is because this very large channel needs them to be two to three minutes. And sometimes when you're telling a story, you know, your joke is like 30 seconds, right? And so I might actually have to combine a few of them to make them a little bit longer for this um, channel. So there's definitely five, though. There's definitely five of them coming. And I'm very excited. Excellent. Looking forward to that with bated breath. And you can see them all on SkyrimParodies.com. You know, I'll be posting them up there and everything. And all the teasers are up there right now. So, you know, if, you, if you're if you missing and you only see Lydia, you can go up there and watch. There's three teasers up there. And that third teaser, the stealth teaser, that's brilliant. Well, so that was actually one of the parodies. And they said it's not long enough. And I said, okay, well technically this is the beginning of the action movie so i might have to piece those together but um so that's why i call it a teaser it was actually a parody but um it's very short but again you know i didn't want to go longer than the joke so you know had to call it a teaser uh finally before we let you go um you are also involved in a lot of charity work for gamers united i understand yeah, um, well, I do, there's a bunch of different things that I love to do, and, um, you know, I go to charity events as much as possible. You know, one of the things I do is obviously support as many filmmaker friends as I can. You know, I don't really have much money, but I love supporting their Kickstarters and their Indiegogo, you know, always give them something, and that's not technically charity, but, you know, it's supporting your community. And then, you know, Gamers United was something that I went to where, you know, Everybody just kind of pitches in, and, and it's it's about such a great thing because it was, you know, they were going to give funds to hospitals so that kids that, you know, maybe a kid with cancer or a kid that was in the hospital for a few days because, you know, as an adult, I hate going to the hospital. It's like the worst place on earth. So these kids would be scared, and they wanted to promote the fact that, you know, well, we can give them video games, we can give them games, and they can have a lot better time in the hospital, and we make their experience there a lot better. And one of the things that Gamer Gamers United did, and the reason why they did it, is because, you know, you have a lot of video games like Grand Theft Auto and, and things with shooting, and so a lot of the community that aren't geeks and aren't gamers kind of think of video games as like a bad thing for their kids. But, you know, there's a few things out there you definitely don't want your kids playing when they're really young. But Gamers United came together and said, no, this is a great community. You know, like there's a lot of really good video games that they can be playing that are perfect for kids. And so that was sort of their segue into, you know, promoting that video games could actually help kids in those type of situations. You know, they're in the hospital and they're sick. And so I just thought that was an amazing, you know, amazing charity. And so, um, you know, I definitely supported that. And then the other thing that I do is I'm on a lot of panels for conventions and I created this panel called Geek Girls Create. And so we kind of try to go through different topics for every convention so we don't get stale. But the premise of the panel is we like to support up and coming creators. And so, you know, that's, that's again, like it's not really monetary charity, but it's a way for people to come to our panel and ask us questions and find out information, become educated on what it means to create and how they can in turn do it. Because that's one of the, you know, one of my life goals is not only to create work, but to inspire other people to create work. And like you were saying about the behind the scenes and the how-to, I love all of that stuff because I think it demystifies the process and it makes people feel that they 
it's attainable and that they can do that. So that's something that I really, really, really push. Um, and what we want to do with Geek Girls Create is I would love to take it, you know, aside from just doing conventions, I really want to take it into schools, you know, inner city schools, and to sort of get that concept to kids that, that you know, at an early age, think about making movies, you know, think about all these things that you can do. And hopefully we get to branch off into that direction to sort of help kids out in the creative aspect. Very cool. That is, that's amazing work. And it's nice that you're kind of an ambassador now for the ga- video gaming community and helping kids at the same time. It's very admirable. So, you know, I think, it, I think in this, in this um, economy, you know, creative is the first thing to go. You know, they want to cut art programs in schools and they want to cut theater. And it's a shame because those are the most creative things. You know, I think about it, I'm like, what do I really need to learn math for? You know, I have my phone now. <laughs> but, um, I, I just think that it's up to the community to sort of support that. And, you know, I, I eventually want my own charity that, you know, someday I hope to have that does support um, children creating art because I think that's really, really important. Excellent. All right. Well, Kristen, we need to get going, but it has been an absolute joy to have you on the show. We appreciate it so much. Yes, thank you. Actress, model. <laughs> We, 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 uh, we have actress, model, costume designer, producer, writer, a charity worker. You're our very own Renaissance geek goddess. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. If you want to know more about Kristen, uh, the work she's doing, uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Netopack uh, or her site, KristenNetopack.com. We'll have links in the show notes on StolenDroids.com. Uh, again, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's honestly just the wonderful content for created by people like you that that really help bolster our community oh thank you well that's my goal i mean you know i've learned from other people that are doing the same thing and so you know it's just a that's the amazing community that we're in all right well uh again uh to the listeners out there uh follow her check out skyrim parodies uh until next time uh, keep tuning in for another stolen droids presents bye guys